Hello, everyone. I'm Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. Today, we have a fantastic guest, Tanya Harris, and we're going to be talking about how to detoxify your home without overwhelm, how to go through your house step-by-step, room-by-room, what to prioritize when it comes to detoxing your home. Well, we have a fantastic show for you today. Uh, Tanya has a fantastic new book out called Slightly Greener that we're going to talk about. She's going to talk about her read method for detoxing your home. She has a checklist for each health condition that you have and what ingredients to look for on the label to get rid of those products or prevent buying them in the first place. We're going to talk about do's and don'ts of makeup, do's and don'ts of sunscreen, what kind of products to choose to clean your home. We're going to talk about greenwash products, products that say that they're natural, but they really aren't. Um, We're going to talk about um, all kinds of other products. We'll talk about food, some, you know, toxic ingredients in foods that are very, very easy to avoid. So it's very, very good educational pack show. And one thing to remember is that Rome was not built in a day. Uh, When I first started learning about detoxing my home, when I was planning to have a baby, I was, you know, admittedly overwhelmed. There was just a lot of information. I realized like everything in my home had toxic ingredients in it, and it was very expensive to replace all this stuff. So where do you start? That's what we're talking about today on this show. So I know you guys listening, you're concerned about your body burden of toxins and how to get rid of them, how to live a healthier, cleaner lifestyle. So I created a quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com that helps you do just that. You take this two minute quiz and based on your answers, you'll get the results of your quiz and you'll know your relative body burden of toxins. And then afterwards you get a free video series that answers a lot of your frequently asked questions about toxins, how to detox, what kind of heavy metals tests you may want to do if you want to take things a step further. So many of your questions answered. So just go take that two minute quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Tanya Harris, she's an award-winning environmental toxin expert, the founder of slightlygreener.com and the creator of the Slightly Greener Method. And she offers busy moms simple solutions to reduce toxins without turning their lifestyle upside down. She's also the author of the highly anticipated book, The Slightly Greener Method, Detoxifying Your Home is Easier, Faster, and Less Expensive Than You Think. As a childhood leukemia survivor and mother of three, including one with multiple learning disabilities, Tanya helps parents learn how toxins in the home can affect their family's health. In addition to board certification and a master's degree in holistic nutrition, she holds multiple certificates in environmental health field. You can learn more about Tanya and her work at slightlygreener.com. Tanya, thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into, you know, detoxing your lifestyle? Oh, sure. Well, this actually started, I've been doing this for about 15 years now, but it's definitely not the path I thought I'd be going down my original degrees in elementary education. But really, I think this probably started back in 1982 is probably the best way to start. I'm a childhood leukemia survivor, and I was back diagnosed back in 1982, just a couple of weeks before my seventh birthday, and we had always grown up to be told, be careful, or being told, be careful what you eat. 
And then when my son was in second grade back in 2006, because he's 23 now, which I cannot believe, <laughs> um, I went to the school because they called me in. They had seen some attention issues, which were not shocking to me. We had seen them too. But just being told, be careful what you eat growing up, just kind of put a seed in my head. And I was thinking, I wonder if it's something in our home, maybe we were doing or something that could be contributing to symptoms. So went home, did a bunch of research, came back to the school a few weeks later after really just removing artificial colors and sodium benzoate from my son's diet. And just going back, I think it was about three weeks later, they didn't see a need to test him anymore. So I was really hooked on this. And then I began to realize it's not just what we eat. It's also what we put on our bodies and around our bodies in our homes. So I really went on from there, got hooked on the more natural method and then did a lot of research and eventually went back to school so that I could understand how these toxins really work in the body, but also to help other parents the way I did. So basically went into working with environmental toxins, but just kind of a weaving path for the last 15 years. Yeah. I mean, it's so important to be thinking about, uh, and you have to study this. There's a learning curve when it comes to detoxifying your home, your makeup and your shampoos and your, your cleaning products. And people don't realize, especially when it comes to cleaning products, that they are, you know, our bodies are equipped to deal with germs. They're not equipped to deal with chemicals so much. And people are using these super toxic chemical cleaners, especially now when people are trying to just kill every German virus, uh, you know, as possible. So can you tell us a little bit about that and your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yes. Um, I know, especially right now, so many people are so concerned with it, rightfully so. Sometimes we clean with things that are almost too harsh and coming in with bleach isn't always the best way because bleach can be corrosive. It can be damaging when we breathe it in, especially around kids and pets. So the good news is that there are non-toxic, well, less toxic alternatives to doing that. Another thing is that sometimes we don't need antibacterial as much as we think we need it. And that leads to all sorts of bacterial resistance and superbugs and things like that. So right now, a lot of things can actually be cleaned with regular old soap and water. That's why they always said, especially in the last year and a half, wash your hands with soap and water, scrub for 20 seconds. That really is the best way, especially with what we're dealing with right now. We can break down um, that virus membrane with soap and water. As long as we're scrubbing, it actually, that 20 seconds gives enough soap or enough foam and scrubbing to actually help break down that membrane. So when we're cleaning too, also cleaning with regular soap and water, we don't need to bring in all this antibacterial things. And then when it comes to disinfecting, always make sure that we clean first, like with that soap and water or a non-toxic all-purpose cleaner, and then coming in with something, you can even use hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol to disinfect. We don't need to be using bleach necessarily. So there are some less toxic ways that we can disinfect and clean our homes without affecting our air quality as well. Yeah. I mean, I like bacterial soap. I want to put bacteria on my body. I don't know about exactly. you, but I'm trying to like <laughs> eat bacteria. I'm just, I'm not a hand washer. I don't like washing my hands and mm -hmm. I hate the hand sanitizers. I just refuse exactly. them. I'm like, Oh, I'm allergic. So I just will not use them. I will not use them. I think it's crazy, a crazy practice. And that's just been kind of like, there's this, this uh, fear that's been induced in the media that I just don't, I don't buy into at all. I don't fear germs or bacteria or viruses or any more than I did before the pandemic at all. Um, but can you talk a little bit about, uh, say, let's talk about beauty products, like sh sure. shampoos and things that we use in our shower 
What are some tips you have on those and making better choices? Personal care and beauty products, there's so many different ingredients and there's actually a couple different ways that they can disclose or hide, I should say, hide ingredients more toxic ingredients in those products and labeling too. There's always so many deceptive ways that they can label things like the label, for instance, no parabens, because a lot of people now are looking for no parabens since they made, made the news a few years ago when they were found in the tissue of biopsied breast cancer tumors. But when you look at the ingredients, even though it says no parabens, it might have a bunch of other stuff that we want to avoid. And then another way they can do that too, is they, I call these hidden toxins where they can use preservatives such as let's say DMDM hydantoin. If you see that they could be releasing formaldehyde into your ingredients or into your product, but because they didn't add formaldehyde itself, then we have to really educate ourselves to know what to look for on the label, because we wouldn't actually pick up a product that has formaldehyde in it necessarily, because that's a known cancer causer. So when it comes to beauty products, I feel like there's so many deceptive ways. Like if they say number one, dermatologist recommended or pediatrician recommended, I really feel like with beauty products, especially there's so many different ways that the marketing can come in and be kind of clever and deceptive. And that's really why we need to educate ourselves. And for instance, the word fragrance too, that's just one word, but that can be made up of dozens and dozens of different chemicals. And we don't know what those are. And a lot of them are toxic to the brain and nervous system, or can be allergenic or can affect our respiratory system. So there's so many different ways that that can affect us. And they don't have to disclose the ingredient names because it's considered to be a trade secret. So fragrance, we just really don't know. And that's in a lot of beauty products as well as our cleaning products. Yeah, you're going to Vegas and rolling the dice, mm-hmm. you know, hoping for the best. Um, and right. you might smell really good, but then mm-hmm. it, it really affects uh, negative impacts for hormones. I think a lot of women, are, you know, our ladies mm-hmm. listening to this are really concerned about their hormones. Well, guess what? Don't wear perfume because that is destroying your hormones, interfering in their action and uh, not no bueno. And anything else you want to add to that about ingredients you want to look for on the labels? that are problematic or the labels that you do want to look for when you're choosing beauty products? Oh, sure. Um, I think another ingredient to be on the lookout for is sodium lauryl sulfate, especially for people who have, like I would say, prone to canker sores in your toothpaste if it contains sodium lauryl sulfate. They've done studies and found that when you use a sulfate-free toothpaste, actually the amount of canker sores can go down. And same thing, it can be in things like shampoos and all these other personal care products. And actually it's one of the ingredients they use in lab testing to intentionally irritate the skin so that they can come in and test the calming properties of other things. So sodium lauryl sulfate, I really believe is something that we should be on the lookout for. And they put that, they put that into really suds up that shampoo. So it's this little lather and they're like foaming at the mouth with their toothpaste. (laughs) Like a rabid dog. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. I know. I, I always tell my clients to like, okay, it doesn't necessarily need to foam <laughs> just because it doesn't foam doesn't mean it's not doing its job. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. And another thing too, is those are actually the two things I, re- I recommend replacing first is toothpaste, because if you're not using a safe brand, if you think about it, you're putting it right into your mouth. And I think it's when you're having a heart attack, is it nitrogen? glycerin they give you, I think, but they tell you to put it under your tongue. And that's because the mucous membranes are so porous in there that it can get right into your system really quickly. So same thing with toothpaste and then shampoo and anything else that you use daily, replace those items first with a more non-toxic option. So that way we're not going into our bathroom and thinking, oh, we have to replace everything all at once. 
really just replacing the top one or two things you use most, because I know when we find out this information, it can get really overwhelming. So yeah, small there. That's a good point. Because when I first started learning about all this stuff, it, it was like, oh my God, I spent so much money on this NARS makeup and all this, I have a thousand dollars invested in my makeup. And so you, Rome wasn't built in a day. So you can go through one room at a time and start replacing stuff. And then what about makeup? So talk to us about makeup and the problems there. Oh, that's yeah. And that's a, that's a tough one too, because we all love our NARS and our makeup and it's really hard when we find this information. Orgasm. I love my super orgasm blush. That is the best blush, but that's why I recommend too. again, going through and using a more non-toxic makeup for daily use and keeping that stuff that we love for special occasions, because I think really when it comes to detoxifying our lifestyle, it is so important to do it. But when we're just starting out, if we start out and we replace everything all at once, you know, it gets expensive, it's time consuming, we get upset and this isn't about deprivation. So if we can keep maybe some of that makeup and just use it for special, special occasions, then that's one thing. But again, with makeup, we really don't know necessarily what's in there. And there's so many chemicals that haven't been tested. And that's why so important for us as consumers to educate ourselves on what those ingredients are, because the marketing and just the labeling can be so deceptive and we really don't know what we're buying. Yeah. And especially if you buy stuff on Amazon, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. makeup knockoffs that have even more toxic stuff in there. You have no idea what's in there from China and it's just, it's a fake. So you, you have to be careful there as well. And the kids makeup with the asbestos in there. I mean, it's just, it's crazy what they allow in this, this makeup. And then a lot of the companies say too, well, we use this ingredient, but we use it in, you know, way less parts per billion than what's recommended or whatever they say. But really we could be getting multiple exposures to that every day through all different sorts of personal care products, because what is it? A teenage girl uses 17 products a day. So you're probably getting repeated exposures to those too. So that's why it's important to as often as you can use something that's, that's less toxic. Yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, it was like 50 products because I was using all mm-hmm. kinds of like creams, want to take care of myself. And there's a body cream oh, and then yeah. the eye cream and then a toner and then a face wash and then all the makeup and the hair. And it was just oh, the yeah. acne stuff. And it was just crazy the amount of products and masks. So I do masks on the weekend and I put so oh. many toxins in my body. It's insane. Oh, I know. And, and the good thing too, is once you start doing more or more or less toxic, less toxic things and skincare, it's amazing to me, like how much less you need, because you don't have to use more to cover up what the other stuff has done because they can contain things like mineral oil, which is actually comedogenic and can cause acne, you know, or things when you're using a lot of these products, especially on in skincare, a lot of them can actually age your face fast, faster. So when we're using less toxic with less toxic ingredients and actually a lot fewer ingredients, same thing goes with cleaning products too, the fewer we actually need. Yeah. Can you talk about what a, like a natural cleaning regimen for your home looks like? Cause my art, mine is really, really simple. I mean, very, very, very simple. So what do you recommend? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I just feel like now it's so easy to clean my house. Um, I actually just use two tools and one is just a, a countertop steamer. So it's different than a clothing steamer, but I use it on everything and the steam actually helps sanitize. But I found out it actually has a window squeegee. So I can actually now do my windows with no scrubbing and no toxic 
even if I was making my own window cleaner, because that's super easy, that's just a 50, 50 blend of distilled water and white vinegar. So you can't get much easier than that. But now I can just use the steamer with this attachment and I use it for everything like countertops with those gooey messes that, you know, I clean my countertops all the time, but there's always stuff on there. I see later in the sun when it reflects like, oh shoot, I didn't get that. So I use this little, this handheld steamer and it gets everything out. And then I, you know, I have to say, I researched those. They look amazing. I didn't buy one because they were like a couple thousand dollars, but they have like lower priced ones, but they look, the reviews, people are like losing their minds over these things because they're, it's just, you add water and you just go to town and disinfect your whole house. It's super effective. It is. And mine was $40. And then they send out coupons and discounts all the time. So even if you just sign up for their website, um, you know, so then it's $40 and I use it every day. Like it just has even window tracks that I always scrubbed and found so hard to do. It gets everything clean. And then the other thing I did was I found, um, a product. This is called electrolyzed water, which, I had found when I was doing all this research last year, when everything first started happening, um, but it's actually a countertop device and you just put in a capsule that the company has, that's got vinegar, salt, and water, and it turns regular tap water into hypochlorous acid, I believe, and sodium hydroxide. So it's a cleaner and a disinfectant, and that has replaced most of my cleaners and it disinfects too. It's rated on the EPA's list N is known to fight coronavirus. It's rated for hospitals and ICUs. So I use that. And then as far as degreasing, like what brand top- is that? What is brand is that a uh, little oh, sure. cleaning device? Oh, absolutely. I didn't know if you wanted brands or not. I use, there's a couple different brands, but I use sports force of nature. So it's really, I don't even, I can't measure in my head. It's probably about an eight inch device that you put on your countertop. It's really easy to store when you want to put it away. But I mean, I have used that for everything. And so force can- of nature. And it's a little like squeeze bottle. Actually, it's uh, just a device that you put on the counter. You fill it with water and then you pour the solution back into a water bottle after that. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. But it's really cool. Um, And you can clean and disinfect with it. So you can clean the surface, wipe it up right away, then spray it again and leave for about 10 minutes. And then it disinfects. So it has replaced so many of my cleaners, including carpet stain remover. Ironically, like I can't believe that this water solution is doing that. The other thing I like to use a lot is baking soda and vinegar. I just think it's such a good degreaser and you're not using corrosive chemicals like for an oven cleaner. Literally, if you just sprinkle a thin layer of baking soda on your stovetop, if you've made a mess or in your oven, then just spray white vinegar over the top and it fizzes. And then you can just kind of wipe it away and it really gets rid of anything that's stuck on grease or gunk on there. So I think really with just those few ingredients, I can clean my entire house. And again, it takes a lot of the scrubbing away when you use the steamer. And then this other, the force of nature really helps clean. And then the baking soda and vinegar. So it's really, I probably only have about four products now under each sink instead of dozens. Yeah. And that saves so much money. I mean, a lot of these cleaners, it's just marketing to buy this for your refrigerator and this for that, and this for your toilet and this, you know, and it's, it's expensive, it's toxic. Mm -hmm. And even some of there's a lot of greenwash products out there, like greenwash, natural products. Can you Mm -hmm. talk a little about that? Like method? Oh yes. A lot of these things, (laughs) um, especially, yep. Uh, they just, because it's greener doesn't necessarily mean it's non-toxic or safer for humans. So again, really important why we need to 
educate ourselves. And it's why I wrote my book too, because it's so hard to navigate the ingredients and cleaning products too. They don't necessarily have to list all of their ingredients because again, it's considered to be a trade secret. So the way they get away with not listing everything is they want it to be proprietary. So a lot of times you'll just see anionic surfactants. Well, which anionic surfactants? Or it'll say enzymes. We don't know which enzymes. So with cleaning products, it's especially hard to tell what's in them because they aren't necessarily forthcoming with what exact ingredients that they've used. And then indoor air quality, I'm sure we've all heard, can be dozens of times more polluted than outdoor air. And a lot of times we don't have control over it, like building materials or carpets or paints or what we use in the house. But cleaning products can also off gas into our homes, even when they're not being used. So a really simple way to cut down on some of that indoor air pollution that we have is to use non-toxic cleaning products. And then that's a simple way to help control that. And can you talk to us about like candles also? Because a lot of people are using like candles, they're using like air fresheners, Mm -hmm. they're using like plug-in air fresheners and Febreze. Please give us the lowdown on that. Oh, sure. (laughs) Like, I don't understand it. I don't understand why people want to use that. I know. And I used to love my candles, so I get it. (laughs) But at the same time, again, fragrance is something that we don't know what's in there. And a lot of these things just use artificial fragrance. So I found a study not too long ago that found that people who use air fresheners, spray air fresheners had reported 25% more depression in their homes because a lot of these ingredients that we don't even realize we're breathing in are actually affecting our brain and nervous system. That's how I feel when I get into an Uber and they have like a little like air oh. freshener. I'm like, Ugh! I feel like I'm going to die. I'm like, I'm going to die at some point in the next 30 minutes. It this is ride. amazing. Yep. I know. As soon as we're away from these things for a while, when we start getting them, it's like my throat gets sore and then I get a headache really yeah. fast. So I know what you're saying. And then again, the, the wax can be made of paraffin and it can release things like styrene, thing, cancer causers, and then the lead wicks, a lot of them have. So if we can just scent our homes naturally with essential oils or use a safer candle brand, there's a lot more coming out. So if we absolutely have to have those candles using a safer brand is another thing to do, but those plug-in air fresheners and the spray air fresheners, you know, sprays in general use typically like an isobutane, which is toxic to the brain and nervous system as a propellant. So if we can avoid those completely, that's option, that's optimal. And let's talk about sunscreens, uh, cause sunscreens are something that I think a lot of people don't think about when it comes to making a better choice there. And again, there's lots of greenwash sunscreens and there's the, like the nano particle, nano zinc sunscreens. Uh, fill us in on the natural details on that. Sure. And I agree. It's not something we always think about, but there's so many different things in sunscreens and there's two different types of screen. There's chemical sunscreen and a mineral sunscreen. And the chemical sunscreens can be made up of up to six different ingredients under their active ingredients. That's where you want to look for these. So they're things like avobenzone, oxybenzone, um, octocrylene, homosalate, things like that. And then the mineral sunscreens are the ones that protect with zinc, di- zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. And those are kind of more physical blockers. Those are the ones that are kind of white on the skin. They actually reflect the sun's rays off the body. So those are, those are more recommended, but I don't believe that there is a perfect sunscreen. If we can, the best thing to do is just get a little bit of natural sun and then stay out of the sun if we can. 
but if we can't help it and we are going to be in the sun for several hours, we should use a safer sunscreen. And that would be a mineral one that protects with zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. And the reason for that is because the other ingredients I had just mentioned, like the avobenzone that becomes photo unstable in sunlight. So it actually degrades. So they actually have to add in more ingredients to make it stable. And some of these are hormone disruptors. So they disrupt they can block or mimic or over or underproduce hormones. And then there's things too that cause skin irritation. And if you look on the back of some sunscreens or just on their website too, they'll actually not on the back of, but on their websites, they'll have reviews and people will say, Oh, got a skin rash. And that's because some of those ingredients can actually cause skin irritation when it gets in the sun. So if we can, I think just getting a little bit of natural light off peak hours is ideal. Wearing sun protective clothing, if we're in the sun, if we need to doing that, or using one of those mineral sunscreens that protect just with titanium dioxide and zinc oxide. Because again, I don't think there's a perfect sunscreen, but I think those are a little bit more ideal than the ones that can have the, the hormone disruptors, especially when we put it on our kids. Yeah, like they're so much more susceptible to, to chemicals than we are and are. Uh, chemicals entering their blood-brain barrier when they're developing and, and whatnot. So yeah, there's just so many, so many, like I see so many parents at the beach just spraying their child down with a spray sunscreen that's like not natural. And it's, it's hard to find. Like it's actually, if you go to other countries, like the US, they have Whole Foods, but uh, when you go to other countries, they just, just, they don't exist. They don't have natural sunscreens for the most part. Those spray sunscreens too. I mean, again, they're using a propellant that's sometimes toxic to the brain and nervous system, depending on what they're using. And then it's one of the ways to use sunscreen incorrectly, in my opinion, just because it's spraying all over the place. And on a windy day, how many of us are wearing that sunscreen that parent just sprayed? <laughs> so I know I sprayed um, it one time and I just had, I had a natural spray one and it sprayed mm -hmm. all over my car. And, uh, um, and then proceeded to bake like r hardened rubber by the end of the day. <laughs> so I did not, did not, when it was not favoring me that day. Yeah, no, I meant that. <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's easy to miss spots and easy to, you know, overuse or actually overusing isn't a problem, but underuse and not use enough. So, yeah. So tell us about your new book, slightly greener. So you have a, a lot, lot more tips than what we talked about today. So if anyone, they like what they heard today and they want a little bit more, you can delve into your new book, Slightly Greener. Oh, sure. Um, well, it's actually a method I've developed over the last 15 or so years um, with my family and clients, because I really feel like this can be, this information is so overwhelming when we first hear it. And I remember how overwhelmed and scared I was when I first heard it. So I really feel like for someone who is just starting out or for someone who has already been doing this for a while, there's so much, there's still so much to learn. And one of the things I did in this book was kind of help the reader decide where to start in their own home. Because when we say detoxify your home, it's like, where? And then we start hearing all this thing about these things about everything being so bad for us. So this book is really kind of a roadmap to help you decide where to start in your own home and then work your way up from there. So for instance, I have the reader, which I do with my clients too, is decide what is your why. And that's really the guidepost for keeping you on track when it becomes a little hard because it can get a little hard when you're detoxifying. It also helps you decide what ingredients you're going to start avoiding right away. So for instance, mine was ADHD and brain health for children. So anything that had to do with learning disabilities or ADHD, those are the ingredients that I avoided first. Actually, I should say after I 
dumped everything in my house and realized this isn't working for me. <laughs> so um, if we can really decide on a few ingredients to start with avoiding first, it's really easy to work our way up from there. And then I really feel like there's three rules to live by. One is the 80-20 rule where it works for so many things, but toxins included, where if we can buy things, um, the safer non-toxic product, 80% of the time, we don't have to worry so much about the 20% of the time where we are either traveling or we just want the occasional treat because we're all human. We're still going to do that, but that also helps us, helps us gives ourselves grace so that we can get right back on track instead of thinking, just, Oh, I've already blown it. Yeah. If you just love that pine saw smell, you just, you just gotta have it in yep. your wood floors. Exactly. If you just have to do it, or even if you just want a nice dessert that you usually wouldn't do. <laughs> um, and then if you find your deal breaker ingredients, again, go starting with your why and the book has a dedicated website where it has protocols at a glance. So you can just look like, okay, if I have ADHD or if I have eczema, here's the ingredients to avoid first. Oh, I so love that. Like that. That's yeah, so, so that handy. Way, it is. Then you can just look really quickly and know, okay, so you just memorize a couple of ingredients instead of a bunch and you just start there. So that's what I call your deal breakers. If you pick up a product and you see it on the label, you know, you can put that product right down. It literally takes seconds. And then the third way is to choose your top one or two. So I break the book into foods and beverages, personal care products, and then cleaning products. And so I believe that if you start in those three areas and just remove or replace your top one or two most used, most toxic product in each of those three categories, and you just keep doing that every time you buy something, pretty soon you're going to have a really non-toxic home that's detoxified and that fits into your lifestyle rather than trying to figure out how to live this way. There's so many different ways that you can make it work for you rather than struggling with it. Yeah. It takes time. I mean, mm -hmm. I had my point where I was, you know, planning to have a baby and I started reading all these books and I'm like, how did I miss this? Like, how did I, I eat healthy and I exercise and I do all take supplements. How did I miss the whole non-toxic thing? Like I was just mm -hmm. baffled and, but it, it takes time to go through each room of your home and make different choices. It's, you know, most people start with their diet first and cleaning that up. It's definitely a learning curve. It takes time. So I, I, I beg people not to get overwhelmed because it's easy to do, but now we have resources like this. When I was starting out, there wasn't a ton of great makeup, natural makeups. There weren't a ton of great natural cleaning products. Now there's a ton of stuff because the consumers are demanding that. Exactly. I think that's such great news because the more we educate ourselves and the more we're buying these products, the, the demand is just becoming so great that the companies are coming up with them and there's new ones every day. And I do like to mention too, that a lot of times, especially when it comes to cleaning products, I'll say they can be a little bit more expensive up front because that's another thing that stops people is the, the expense. But what I've realized is a lot of them are powdered or concentrated and they actually last longer than what you would normally use because you don't have to use as much. And then another thing you can do is go to your favorite website of your favorite non-toxic product or one you want to try and sign up for their newsletter or go to their Facebook page. And a lot of times they'll have coupons that they send out repeatedly. So then it's easy to buy at a discount. And do you have any tips for some ways that people can get rid of uh, harmful environmental toxins within their home? Like, are there any first steps that you recommend? Yes. Well, I came up with a four-step process that I really... I think kind of hits on a lot of different places, but it's the read method, R-E-A-D. And one of the first things I recommend is R, which is replace plastics in the kitchen. 
I feel like if you do that, that's a great start because they can have chemicals such as BPA and phthalates, which are hormone disruptors, but also linked to lower IQ and behavior issues in children. So if you can replace, you know, your top one or two most used sizes with a glass or stainless steel option, same thing with your plastic water bottles. If you have reusable ones, replacing those with glass or stainless steel, because even if they say BPA free, that's not necessarily safer. A lot of times they'll just use a similar chemical that has similar health effects. So glass or stainless steel is a good option. E is eat organic as often as possible, which I know isn't always optimal, but that it's not always easy, but that's when I recommend going to the environmental working group. They have a great site called the dirty dozen and the clean 15. So if you can buy organic of the dirty dozen, which are the, the produce that they've tested that has the highest levels of pesticides in there, then you don't have to worry so much about the clean 15, which have lower levels. You can buy organic or conventionally grown of those, but phthalates again, can act as hormone disruptors, certain ones, and they are also linked to ADHD in children, some of them. So it's shown that if we can eat organic for as little as several days, the levels of pesticides in our body can drastically reduce. And then A is avoid artificial fragrance, which we've talked about fragrance before, about it's a trade secret and can contain so many different harmful um, toxic ingredients. And then D is to dust. And household dust is actually one of the biggest exposures to toxins in our home, believe it or not, because things can come in from outside or even furniture. Like they've found flame retardant chemicals, which again are home can act as hormone disruptors or linked to lower IQ and all sorts of different things. And they found lead in household dust, probably from things we've brought in on our shoes. So one of the things you can do there is take your shoes off as soon as you come in the door, that'll save a lot. And then concentrate on spending time dusting in the areas where your family spends the most time. If you can do that every other day or every couple of days, then you can do your regular dusting routine the rest of the time. But the good news here is that the more we dust in those areas, the less dusty our houses become overall. And then, you know, if your children have a play area, making sure to keep that mopped and dust up really well and use like a HEPA filter. I'm assuming that doesn't mean taking a feather boa and like right. dusting and just moving it around and creating a big toxic cloud. Exactly. <laughs> have something to suck it up. Right. You can either dampen like a microfiber cloth. That's a great way to do it. Or also you can mop. And I always pour that electrolyzed water into, um, I just have a regular microfiber mop, mop that has a spray bottle attached. And I just spray the floors with that and clean with that. But if you, if you sweep, or if you use something that just pushes dust around and you're dry dusting, that's exactly what it does. It just pushes things around and makes it harder to clean up. So where can we find out more information about you and your book? You have a website. So tell us where we can get all the more details about uh, what to do and what not to do with, when it comes to cleaning our home and environmental toxins. Oh, sure. My website is slightlygreener.com and the book is called The Slightly Greener Method. That's available wherever books are sold. And then Instagram is probably the best place to follow me for tips. That's where I've been trying to concentrate right now. And um, I'm slightly greener on Instagram. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Are there any closing words or anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to communicate to the listeners? Sure. Well, I think the biggest thing is just my number one rule is no mom guilt, no parent guilt or self guilt. Um, we've all done this stuff and use things on our kids or ourselves. And when we find out this information, you know, it can be really hard, but again, we're just doing the best we can. And once we learn this new information, we can use that in the way it fits into our lifestyle again, but just to give ourselves grace for 
you know, even if we want the occasional treat, but especially just not kicking ourselves when we find out this information, because it can be scary and just know that we have more control than we think we do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we, we're all start, we all start on our journey somewhere. It's never too late to get started. And I think I, I kind of viewed this as like a fun project that I would mm-hmm. do that. I just go through one room in the house and like work on that and learn what I needed to learn. And then I started myersdetox.com and started, you know, there's tons of resources on there as well for you guys for uh, recommended beauty products and uh, how to make natural cleaners and what all this stuff does to your body and all the research behind that and everything. So lots of free resources for you guys. So Tanya, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in every week to the Myers Detox podcast. I just, I love doing this show every week. I love interviewing experts like Tanya. And I'm so, so blessed to be able to, uh, I love teaching you guys every day. So thank you so much for tuning in. I so appreciate your presence here. And I'm Wendy Myers. You can learn more about my work at myersdetox.com. I'll talk to you guys very soon. The Myers Detox podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.